if you're innovating, creating, or making a difference. This show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. They're going to understand math on a different level, and so they'll have more time to practice and ask questions and actually apply math. My husband has them for an hour and a half, and he's doing circuits, and they actually have kits where they'll be building stuff. Civil engineer and author Kimlin Johnson is using her talents to inspire the next generation. Kimlin is the founder of nonprofit Be Relit, an educational program designed to empower students in the black community. With her husband, Stan Johnson, who's an electrical engineer, and their son and daughter, Kimlin is offering academic support, life skills, and inspiration as she teaches science, technology, engineering, art, and math. Kimlin, you are inspiring a lot of kids, but what first inspired you to make engineering your life's work? I was always interested in math and science, which is the same humdrum story, but physics gave me a run for my money. So that caused me almost to give up engineering, but I had three great mentors, three great female mentors, and I think that's really what kept it going. What were these three great mentors saying or doing that kept you going through something tough? Well, as an African-American or black person, it's always good to see someone in your field doing what you're aspiring to do. So number one, they were in the field, they were working at the gas company. All three of them, they were engineers from USC and they worked at the gas company. And so seeing them, and then I remember graduating from high school in the summer before I started at Loyola Marymount University, I remember them coming over to the house and giving me a wealth of knowledge about how you might fail a course, you might do this, but they gave me all the ins and outs. And it only took that one meeting and then I would keep in touch with them from time to time throughout my career, but it really was just an inspiration. They stayed in touch. They were connected. And in fact, with the idea of role models, just before we talk about your amazing nonprofit, I'm going to brag on you a little bit. Uh-oh. You just won an award from the Society of Black Engineers just a little while ago, and I wish you'd tell me a little bit about this one. So in May of 2019, I won 50 Phenomenal Women in STEM, and that was really, it was a testament. I had worked for 23 years, but I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't feel the award was just because I was an engineer in the field for so long. I also felt it's because I wrote a book and because I had a nonprofit that related to engineering. So I think it was a combination of all of it. And in fact, that nonprofit is what I'd like to talk to you about. Be Relit. How did Be Relit come about? Be Relit came about because the statistics, the numbers that are out there, it's less than 2% black women in STEM. And so the STEM is a new buzzword, kind of like Christian now. And a lot of people are saying STEM, but they're really not doing it. The Be Relit organization will be providing STEM so that kids can major in that field. There are tons of jobs, there is tons of money, there is tons of opportunity, and black people need to be more in that field. I'm going to throw another word at you, STEAM, and I'd like to know STEAM. science, technology, engineering, art, and math. Yes. And it looks like Be Relit is going beyond STEM to STEAM. Would you tell me about what you're doing right now with incorporating art into the mix? Okay, so we have a school that in our Adopt-a-School program, and the school that we have is called the KIPP School of Opportunity on Manchester and Figueroa. And my husband and I, he's a, a licensed electrical engineer. Every Saturday we go for 
STEAM or STEM classes. And so what usually happens is I just incorporate, because he's teaching the kids a circuits class and I'm teaching a math and science, I do more of ex math drills and experiments. And then at the very last class, this will be a surprise to them, I have paint night come in and I have them give them an art class because art is so important. To be able to visualize what you're doing is really important as an engineer. Let's say we have a kid who's all about art. Math, yawn. Science, yawn. But they love art. How do you fire their imagination? Because you say on your website, everything's science. Okay, I'm glad you're holding me accountable to that dot. I would say if you have a student that's just into art, you always need to visualize things. So like, I'll give you an example. I started out as an electrical engineering major. And because I could not see what was going on, the circuits and currents in the wall or wherever they may be, whatever we were building, I dropped that and I went into environmental engineering. So when I saw open channel flow and I could see it, so having someone being able to illustrate that would be just as important as someone technically so having someone that's into art that might go into a STEM field, you might need illustrations or other areas of aspects. For the iPhone, let's say, for instance, even drawing out how the design is going to look. You always need that. Let's walk through one of your classes on Saturday with Theory Lit. Let's say that I have a little five-year-old kid who's my neighbor's kid who comes to the school on Saturday, and your husband's going to take him through science, and you're going to take him through math. What's he going to experience? Okay, so, well, first of all, five is too young, so, okay. um, but the school that we're at is sixth through eighth grade or fifth through eighth grade, which works good. And I let the principal, Principal Coleman, he's amazing, I let him and his staff pick the students because they know who best. And I didn't want all A students and I didn't want anyone that wasn't going to be self-motivated. So that's number one. I let them pick their students. And it, since it's on their campus, unfortunately, only their students can participate in it. However, what the students can get ready for is they're going to understand math on a different level, which is what Common Core is supposedly all about. But they need more practice is what I find with Common Core and having my own two kids. And so they'll have more time to practice and ask questions and, and things of that nature and actually apply math. And then I also do bits and pieces of science whether it be chemistry or physics, where we might go outside, it's more hands-on. And so my husband, so I have the kids for an hour and a half and that's the component with me of math and science. So my husband has them for an hour and a half and he's doing circuits and they actually have kits where they'll be building stuff and getting a better understanding of what's going on there. And then we switch. So I get his students and he gets mine and then we do the same hour and a half. And so it's a total of three hours for the Saturday, but I hope it really, makes the kids want to do more, want to be more. That's my goal. That's a cool step where you take the kids outside as you're doing math. How do you relate math to taking them outside? Oh, there's all kinds of ways to take them outside. When I was remodeling my bathroom, how much tile do I need to buy? You know, those type of questions. Math is in everything, just like science is too. That's why I remember in middle school, our science teacher would always take us to those outdoor trips. Now, I'm not an outdoor person, so we went to Catalina in seventh grade, Yosemite in eighth grade, and I can't remember where we went in sixth grade, but it was somewhere outdoor like that. But I couldn't understand why we had to go on those stupid trips. But now, as an adult, I'm very grateful and thankful that we did that. It's funny how your perspective changes as your brain develops and you grow up. Right, exactly. Things that you thought were so, like, not going to be helpful actually end up being the most helpful to you in life.
looking at Bee Relit's website, you're covering something that a lot of us, when we were kids, said, oh, what's this have to do with me? You're covering history. Right. And you're covering black history. Would you tell me about this and how you relate this to the kids that you're serving? For the black history, the first way I'm covering it is, like I said, for me, seeing three female engineers in the field really helped me. So I know that I can, my husband and I, we can reach someone by seeing a husband and wife team. And our kids will be there with us on Saturday. They're kind of like our assistants right now until we grow our nonprofit, which we hopefully will do. So thank you. I love that you are approaching kids that don't necessarily have to be the A student. How do you deal with different learning styles? If this child is kinetic and this one's visual and this one's auditory, how do you serve them all? You have to get to know them and you have to see what works best for them and i think we've all realized that now even as parents you know what you do for one child doesn't work for all of them and so and being a parent you know i think it's very helpful because i have to i have my son who you could put anywhere and he could learn whereas my daughter works best in certain like a small environment you know what i mean with not many distractions so everyone's different yeah so the way that we handle it on saturday is first of all you have to want to be there so that was my only requirement, that the students really want to learn more in math or be a better student or be the best student that they can be. And if they have that kind of energy, then they're, they're going to go far in our program. Tell me about your daughter, especially because you've said in your book that she can sing like an angel and she's an artist. Yes. How does she help you most with the art in this particular program? I would say she's my inspiration because it was interesting. I think I had to pay her to go to STEM camp this summer. She does not like STEM and she comes from a STEM family, so it's not happening. And she ended up, she picked the Maya program. And what the Maya program is, is building 3D pictures like that they use for animation. So she built an elephant and she built something else. I posted it on my Instagram, which I'll have to repost. But at any rate, even though at first she didn't want to go, by the end of the program, she was glad she did. Because that's an, and she's finding, I don't think she knows it yet, that she probably will end up majoring in STEM. Now she might not, but she's definitely going to be strong. So, The Maya program sounds like a great resource. What are some others you would recommend to other moms who maybe have a daughter who's more arts oriented, is going, ew, math and science? At this age, it's not their choice. And so my kids, even my oldest, he's 16 now, and he did not want to come with me to the Saturday program. And I told him, I said, well, you'll get hours because there's some program that he wants to do his senior year. Well, he'll have a lot of hours built up for volunteering because we're all volunteering. My husband and I at this point are not getting paid. The nonprofit is too new. So we're volunteering our time, and the reward is, is we're helping others, and it's extremely rewarding. What are some of the challenges unique to the black community which you've had to deal with as you further education for the children? Being the only one in the department, and I think that that's absolutely ridiculous, and I think if America were really concerned, they could do a better job with that. So I'm promising that when organizations work with the Be Relit organization, that it is our goal to increase the numbers. And so you have to hold me accountable. <laughs> What if a teacher or a principal hears this right now and says, hmm, how do I get Be Relit into our school and what can I expect when they come? I'm thinking of changing our motto. Our motto currently is where knowledge is power. 
And I was thinking of changing our motto to say something to the effect of where we say something to your kids. Because nowadays everyone is, acts like they're scared of saying things to kids when they're wrong and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I am starting my program off with my rules and my expectations and respect. And I think we got to go back to the basics. So if someone were interested in our program right now, we're so small, it's just the four of us running it. But I do have a plan to roll it out in our strategic plan in the next two to five years where we will be able to reach a lot more people and a lot more schools. Tell me about that expansion, please. Where ideally would you love to go? I would love for one of the apps to work with me and help me build an app. So that way it wouldn't just have to be for students of underserved communities, it could be for students everywhere. And so that would be my ultimate goal. So that's the only way I can tell you right now how we're rolling it out until I get the approval of the board of directors. One consideration that always occurs to me, and I grew up without a whole lot of money, is how do you serve children and students that may not have the resources at home, that may not have a computer, that may not have access to internet? What do you do? Well, I'm glad you asked that because I'm hoping and, and stepping into my calling by building this organization that my husband and I have is that we will be able to provide those kinds of things. Computers don't cost as much as they used to 15 years ago. So, you know, if we can buy a, a child a computer eventually, I'm not saying we can do it this year, definitely not. But in the future, if we can do those kinds of things for our students, we will. What do you need most to help you grow? Suppose the average person listening, how do I help? Well, every, well, when I was working, I just stopped working April of 2019. So it's, this is all very new to me. And Be Relit was founded in 2017. And so it just became a nonprofit in the next couple of months. Actually, it should be finalized. My attorney's working on it. So things that we need are like snacks. Like these are things that I just took for granted. When I was working, I just bought all this stuff. It didn't matter to me because we were helping kids. And so, so like every weekend I go, we take water and we take snacks and I allow the kids to just move across the room because it's not your average classroom. We're working to better themselves or better where they're at or meet them where they're at and take them to new levels. What's been one of your own best experiences learning, like the best educators always do from the students you've been teaching? Um, the best thing was I taught the kids to say thank you. And if you pick up a copy of my book, I'm an author also, I published in 2018, I, I have a whole chapter on thank you. And so I told the kids when I start the program, what I tell them when I start, I say, if you feel that you've learned something you didn't know, or if you enjoyed today, be sure to tell me thank you at the end. And so by the end of our first session, when we had our pilot program at Lauren Miller Elementary School in Los Angeles, the, all the kids were telling us thank you all the time. And so that just melted my heart because I think in today's society, we've forgotten about how to say thank you and please, actually. You mentioned your book. Yes. Let's quickly give the title and do a shameless plug. The title of my book is Authenticity, Accountability, and Ambitions. And the ultimate goal is to make America better. We need to stand in our truth. And in the book, I certainly stand in mine. Would you agree, Dot? I would have to agree. <laughs> Not that I have it with me or anything. But. but. Something you said in here that I especially liked. Oh, wow. I'm so, like, uh, humbled by this. <laughs> I feel it is our job as parents to figure out how to bring our children's brightness to the light. Aww. That's something I like a lot. I wish you would address that as relates to teachers. Well, um, Dot has read my book, 
and I want to thank you for that dot and the best way for me to say it is my kids chapters Tyler and Isaiah's chapters in my book was my least favorite and it was my least favorite because I went through the struggles of raising a black male who's six foot four right now in America and raising a daughter who learns differently and so to teachers I would say if you don't love what you're doing, don't do it. If you're doing it for the money, it's not worth it. You're wasting the kids' time, you're wasting our time. And you know, you've gotta love what you do. You've got to. Before we wrap up, which teacher inspired you the most? Okay, this is a hard one. The first that came to mind would be Dr. Mulvihill at Loyola Marymount University. And the reason being, it's because one time I think I needed a recommendation I think it was for Stanford and it was for graduate school. I had already graduated with my bachelor's and he mentioned that he didn't think that I was ready for a graduate program like that. And I'm very outspoken and I thanked him for his opinion, but I told him I'm applying anyways and I appreciate him being so honest. But what ended up happening was he did the recommendation anyways and he and his wife, they've come to my wedding they came to Isaiah's eighth grade graduation at my house. You know, I didn't let that stop me. Like, and, and that was, I guess, my whole journey and my journey throughout the book is no matter what my trials and tribulations were, I never let it stop me. You know what I mean? And even though, and he, he probably was right, I didn't get into Stanford. I even talked about it in the book, but they did say they want to meet me one day and I hope one day they have me public speak there. <laughs> so. Currently, Be Relit is a labor of love for Kimlin and her family. But if you'd like to help, she says you certainly can. If you'd like to make a donation, the donation button is up on the Be Relit organization. As I'm not taking a salary until uh, donations are over 100000 So um, I'm hoping it's not long, next year. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this woman paid. She's working hard. <laughs> of course, the thing that I do need to clarify, too, is initially I thought that you were in elementary schools from what I saw. So I'm mistaken about that. Yes, Be Relit starts probably third or fourth grade. I like for them to be able to sit for an hour and a half. So I know a lot of times kindergarten through second is a little hard. So I like to start with them in third or fourth grade. And so I would have, I think when we first did it, it was at an elementary school, Lauren Miller Elementary School in Los Angeles. So that was our pilot program. But if you go on my site too, you'll see blogs and I encourage you to check those out. But right now, the school that we're working with is middle. So we'll see how it goes. And some people have been asking at the high school level. So we'll see. I can't, you can't service everybody when it's just four people. But I tell you what, I will, we're going to do great things. If people want to get in touch with you at Be Relit, how do they do that? What's your link? Uh, the website is www.thelettert-relit, R-E-L-Y-T. It's my daughter Tyler's name backwards, dot org. Or and the emails and everything are all on the website. So I encourage you to join. And I'm so glad you said that because I neglected to ask you the story behind that name, and it's a great one. Oh, yes. Tyler. Tyler is our little, she's my youngest. She just turned, she'll be turning 13 this year. And she, we all got together when we were coming up with the nonprofit name and we all spelled our names backwards, but hers was the only one that made sense. And I look for her to actually run the company one day and probably take it more in the arts direction when she does. Finally, Kimlin, this signature question I usually ask at the end of each podcast. If people could only get one thing from you in your profession and your work about innovation, creativity, and making a difference, what do you want them to take away from you? Making a difference. 
knowing why you're here, figuring out what your calling is, stepping into your calling, receiving, uh, not knowing what you're going to receive. Like I go day to day now and I don't know what's going to happen or where things are going to put me, but I feel that everything is where it needs to be. I'm connected. <laughs> so. Kimlin, thank you for your time today. Thank you so much, Dot. You and I have been listening to Kimlin Johnson, founder of nonprofit Be Relit. If you'd like more information on how Be Relit is empowering students in the Black community, check out their website at b-relit.org. That's b-relit, R-E-L-Y-T, dot org. And while you're on the website, you'll also get a chance to see Kimlin's book, Authenticity, Accountability, and Ambitions. By the way, as Kimlin mentioned, she does need donations of snacks and possibly some volunteers to help as she continues making a difference for students. Find out more about how you can help at b-relit.org. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X, twomavericks.com. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.